1: Spit that shit out, man. (laughs) You don't have to swallow that. (laughs) Ew. If you don't... If if it's hard, if it's difficult, spit it out.
0: She said, though, how do you ease your way in?
1: You you shouldn't have to. If you don't like it, that's okay. And he shouldn't make you feel bad for that.
0: Spit it out. Lovers Lovers and friends. I'ma take you on a trip, baby. I don't pretend, I said... Lovers and friends, Uh, I'm going to hold you down, down to the end, I said. Hi, lovers and friends. Hi, Rick. (laughs)
1: What's
0: up, dad? If you're watching, listening to this episode, that means it was a very busy week for me. The kids got sick. I had Mm -hmm. tons of projects. Something happened where I needed an episode that was easy to do Mm -hmm. and fun and fulfilling, but but Lazy. Okay, cool. There we go. So, so,
1: a new episode of The Poon and the Peen.
0: A new episode of The <laughs> Poon and the Peen, 2017, 2016 throwback.
1: Hey, that was that long ago? It
0: might have actually been 2015, if I'm real Sheesh.
1: honest with you. Another episode of The Poon and the Pin. Let's <laughs> go.
0: Because originally, Rick, I asked you to come on the podcast as a guest, mm-hmm. and I was, then you, I think you said that you weren't going to talk about anything personal.
1: Yeah. Well, at least not the personal stuff that was going on at the time when you asked me.
0: What was that? See? (laughs) I don't remember. Me either. I don't remember, Shannon. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you went through a period of time where you were being very public in your relationship online. Mm -hmm. And then I feel like you switched to being private. Tell me about that switch and why.
1: Well, I was never very public. There was one public thing. And that ruined everything. And I was like, okay, see, I was doing it right.
0: The public thing ruined everything? Yeah. Or, yeah? Yeah.
1: Why? Yeah. So basically, as you were, or I don't know, the open relationship thing, I made a video explaining that thinking it was just going to give people a, a different option in thinking. But instead, it got met with all the Stupid negativity. Oh, he's only doing that because this. She's only doing that because that. Oh, blah, and I'm used to negative talk on the internet. My partner at the time was not, so it definitely started making things. It the the outside world got into the inside. Yeah. So from then I was like, eh, yeah, <laughs> never letting you. Was in here again.
0: You think that became the issue that broke things up ultimately? Um,
1: it was one of the issues. It was the beginning. <laughs> Let's just put it like that. Yeah.
0: What are your thoughts on non monogamy that you've been through it?
1: Um, I still think it's fucking dope. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think, I just think it has to be uh, done right with the right people. I feel like it's very easy to hear it and think about the benefits for you. And people are like, okay, cool, I can get down with this. But then as soon as they really realize those same benefits go to their partner, they're like, oh, what the fuck? And if you have any – oh, can we cut this on here? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And if you have any outside noise that's telling you this is what they really mean when they say that and you start to believe that shit, it's a wrap. So, yeah, it definitely has to be two very secure people, secure in themselves, and secure in the relationship and if that's the case then I think it's amazing
0: do you think that you were born to be non-monogamous <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh no
0: I'm laughing can... <laughs> but it's actually a true thing I genuinely yeah. think that like this is my natural state of being
1: yeah I think it's just a dope option because I can also absolutely do monogamy Yep. like I don't I do Wouldn't be like, uh, (laughs) I need some new coach. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? That was never really even the thing for me when I was in it. So, yeah, I don't think it's like I have to be this way. I just know, especially now, it's not as easy for a lot of people to be monogamous. There's a lot of options. (laughs) There's a lot of, um, I say temptation and people look at that as like being weak. But, I mean, temptation is fucking real (laughs) for a lot of people. So it's just, for me, it's just a dope option.
0: You said that it's not about the new cooch. Yeah. So what was it about for you?
1: Um, your freedom, not feeling like you're owned. And it was kind of like, let's, if we're okay with the extreme side of it, everything else should be easy. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to be... In a beef because I like the Instagram picture. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If we are in a relationship where you can have full on sex with somebody, liking the Instagram picture <laughs> should not be an issue. You get what I'm saying? But when you, in the monogamy world, it's very easy for that shit to kind of snowball into everything. Yes. Everything you do can be considered cheating to somebody. You know what I'm saying? Just hanging out with somebody of the opposite sex. Your thoughts. Your, yeah, your thoughts, what you watch. There's people who don't like for their significant other to watch porn. They feel like that's cheating. Like, So for me, it was just kind of like, if we can get past this, all this other shit shouldn't be an issue. And that's the main thing for me. I don't want little shit to be
0: issues. I think it's interesting because within my open relationship, and it is open, we mm. could definitely make out right now. That would be okay, (laughs) put it on the table. But no one has really crossed the line, and I think a big part of that is people just want the freedom and the option to do it. Yeah, right. So it's it's taking away that to me. I think as adults. All throughout our childhood, it's restriction, restriction, restriction. And then as you get older, you start to earn freedoms. Okay, you yeah. have the freedom to drive. Now you have the freedom to rent a car. You have the freedom to get an apartment. You have the freedom to get insurance. You get a freedom to get a credit card. So you're earning all these freedoms. Then you get into a romantic relationship, and then you give them all away. Yeah. And I do believe that there is a little bit of resentment for that. Um. So I think that what the openness can provide, or just the open mindset, is you're. A, I trust you with your decisions. You're yeah. an adult. You do what's best for you. You're in partnership with me. So definitely confide in me and consult with me. But ultimately, like you have veto power over your own decision making process. And I don't have jurisdiction over your humanity, especially when it comes to your sexuality, which is a big part of your life. So I think that it was like a Jedi mind trick in many ways that Mm -hmm. allowing each other to go and do and have that option for me took away a lot of the drive that I used to deeply feel in monogamous relationships.
1: What do you mean to drive?
0: Like I think before I would get in trouble a lot for emotionally cheating. Mm-hmm. Jared used to get in trouble a lot for being flirty. I had never seen this dude flirt before. Yeah, um, <laughs> And I think like those, because I wasn't allowed to and because it was so heavily policed and whether I don't know if my behavior changed or my partner just didn't find issue with it or I didn't feel the drive that I used to feel. I don't know, but in either case, I think that there is something to that where a big part of the draw isn't necessarily getting to fuck other people. Yeah. It's the fact that you have the choice to. Yeah. What's going on, lovers and friends? Popping in for your first of four ads in this episode. And boy, what a first we have. It's also their first time sponsoring the show. So hi, Fun. Thank you so much. And then where, where are you at now? Are you single? Are you mingling? Or
1: I'm chilling. That's what I like to call it. I'm chilling. Single? Yes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Chilling. I wouldn't say mingling. I'm chilling.
0: What does that mean? I don't know, Shannon. Like- <laughs> that's, that's, that's why I sounded okay. like that. is that your podcast response? Is. Or is that the response no, you, you give the to real, partners? No, that's
1: the real life response. I don't know what it is, so we just calling it chilling. Like, I'm not actively trying anything but i'm doing stuff but i ain't trying to do the stuff it's just happening so i'm chilling
0: do you have uh long-term goals in mind
1: um for like a love life yeah Nah, really i kind of feel like those things just happen like i've never looked you've known me for a long time before that relationship do you remember me looking for a girl There were girls I was talking to, I'm like, oh, this might be something, but I was never like, wow, I need to find a woman. You know what I'm saying? So (laughs) yeah, I feel like it just kind of happens when it's supposed to happen.
0: It's interesting because I had a conversation with a couple who started out as friends of benefits as Jared and I did. And that was kind of the premise of what we were discussing. Like just having an ease and a flow with things. Like you can have a, vision in mind that's an ideal yeah but there's so much out of your control between that and that vision so like why get so stressed out about trying to push something that way yeah. just be a good person try to meet cool people and then see where the math adds up to
1: yeah pretty
0: much uh last question that i want to ask you how's your sex life
1: it's chilling. It's
0: boring. <laughs> this is why we're getting know. other people's what, questions. What do you want me to tell you? <laughs> so Having had an amazing I, sex. Had a
1: really pretty girl, but she stank. And then, now, what do you want? Like, what do you want me I to? I don't tell know.
0: You? Did you figure out that you ha- like your pinky toe touch? Do you have a fetish for food that is splashed between butt a, cheeks? A fetish.
1: And butt stuff. That's a common thing with you. You know what? Do you know how often? Let me
0: actually bring this up. (laughs) There have been so many conversations I have had, which I have referenced our sex talk we had years ago. Oh, God.
1: I don't jizz from regular sex. It's very rare. I just just keep going. Do
0: you need a dry hand then? Yes. Okay, so any type of lube doesn't do it for you. You need a lot of friction. Moisture
1: is great. Everywhere else, but when, when it's a hand, it has to be dry. <laughs> They're
0: fucking cool.
1: It's cool. I still I still like it.
0: All right, let me get some questions. All right. So... How this is going to work is I'm going to play the question, we're going to listen, and then dive in as you feel called to do so.
1: People send video questions?
0: They send audio questions.
1: Wow, your fans like you.
0: What are your thoughts on threesomes in um, monogamous relationships? And I guess saying monogamous and threesome in the same sentence. Maybe doesn't make it monogamous, but um, what are your thoughts on that? Does it diminish the quality of the relationship, bringing a third person in just for the sexual aspect? Um, so uh, two women, one man, two man, one woman. Um, does that mean that the relationship is not as solid as one would think it is? Or is there room for play and still having um, trust and commitment in the relationship? What do you think? Uh,
1: I think it really, really depends on the people in the relationship. I know that's the boring, annoying answer, but there's so much. I'm glad you know that. (laughs) But there's so much to it, right? Because it's like if you both are, like I said, secure in yourselves and in the dynamic of the relationship, if you know this is my person, this is who I choose, and you know that they feel the same way about you, you just want to do some extra shit then it's perfectly fine. It's dope. You guys know, you probably talk about your lines and what not to cross and this is how we want it, yada, 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 beforehand. That shit could be dope because I think love and a relationship and sex can be completely separate to somebody. Like you can absolutely love your partner and kind of be tired of having sex with them if you've been together long enough. Yeah, You get what I'm saying? So maybe you need that extra little kick maybe it turns you on to see them involved with somebody else or maybe being with somebody else because it feels like it's the bad thing to do turns you on and it's just something that heightens the sex a little bit so i think that could be dope but i feel like if you're asking that question it might not be for you and your relationship
0: are you are you threesome guy
1: I've never had a threesome. I was going I've, to do my I've been my double money on domed. And that shit's
0: awesome. What does that mean?
1: Like two girls giving you head Uh-oh. at the same time, but I didn't I didn't do stuff to them at the same time. Did stuff to them separately in the same place. And then we all reconvened in another room and then they just did stuff to me. So that was really cool. But I've never had like the same time, everybody doing stuff
0: double dome does that mean like double dutch like one person jumps in the person jumps out yeah or are they double in the same time
1: um it was like a, a trade-off situation but it was cool because like one would hold it while the other was going and then they'd switch from that so it was,
0: it, was, it was a cool little scenario you know what's cool about novel sexual experiences that you get to talk about it and then recall it yeah like right now you're back there
1: yeah yeah i need a pillow. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think in this particular question, calling your relationship monogamous is not the best move. I think that labels, you don't like that, but let me let me continue. Yeah. I think that labels are really important, not just for the understanding within the dynamic. It's a fast way to understand something very complex. But it's also very important for how you communicate what you share with other people. And if the label doesn't match the dynamic, that's when you call in a lot of questions from other people. Mm -hmm. So by saying we're a monogamous couple and then sharing that we have threesomes, people might be like, well, well, hold on a second. Does that mean that you find other people attractive? Does that mean that you have sexual fantasies outside of the relationship? Like you're calling all of the things that we traditionally understand as monogamy, which to me is about 100% commitment, both emotionally and sexually intimately to one other person. And if you're engaging, in threesomes, that's some form of saying that, like, while we do enjoy what we share, we also require some outside sexual stimulation or outside romantic stimulation from others in order to make us feel most fulfilled and optimal within our dynamic. Mm. And that is consensual non-monogamy. That is us saying to some capacity, we look and are OK with each other looking outside for outside gratification. Yeah. So I think that if you guys because I, I think what happens in a lot of monogamous relationships where there's a threesome, they are. Afterwards, what comes up for a lot of people is you paid more attention to that person. Does that mm-hmm. mean that you still care for me, about me? Or you gave that person, you know, a, you finished with that person, you orgasmed them. Does that mean that they turn you on more than me? Yeah. And if the fact that they get turned on by somebody else goes against your value system for what a relationship should look like, um, I think that that has to be addressed. So I think that's a small thing that you could do of just being like, hey, It's really cool that we do this. We don't have to call ourselves open. We don't have to say that we're polyamorous. But I think we can both agree that we like to swing. We like to get down. But at the bare minimum, we are a consensual, non-monogamous couple to some capacity. So our dynamic might look a little different from the traditional monogamous couple. And we have a label to justify that.
1: I agree. You you thought I was going to disagree.
0: Well, I think... (laughs) I mean, because... There is no right or wrong. Like labels True. are, there's no rules to look yeah. to them. But like within your relationship, do you feel like calling it open did a service or disservice to you guys?
1: Um, in the relationship, I think it was the best thing to do in the public. <laughs> I think it never should have been talked about.
0: Really? Yeah.
1: I gave, I gave the people too much credit. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, it's just her and I in the relationship. They don't, these people don't need an explanation. They don't need to understand. But opening it up to them gives them all the right in the world to comment and have their opinion and express that shit to you. So now you have all this outside negativity going against what, could have just been a dope situation that that two people agreed upon.
0: That actually gives me a good aha because it's also about compartmentalized labels. People do this all the time with their sexuality. Like they're straight at work and they're gay (laughs) as fuck at home, right? Because they acknowledge that their sexual identity would conflict with the workplace and it would move them away from whatever they want out of work. And Hmm. so it's like you have every right to advocate for your safety, for the safety and health of your relationship, in any way that you want and if that is like this is a need-to-know basis so maybe internally we refer to ourselves as consensually non-monogamous and maybe if we meet somebody else we let them know like yeah we're a committed relationship we prioritize each other as you know first priority in the relationship we're emotionally exclusive but yeah we are consensually non-monogamous in terms of wanting threesomes or engaging with other people I call yeah. that moonlighting but whatever <laughs> you want to call that thing yeah. but you don't have to tell everybody that
1: yeah exactly But you know what it taught me, like, um, outside of the relationship, outside of the people, um, it's that may be more difficult to do for a man in an open relationship that genuinely cares about his partner. Because a lot of women that deal with a man who's in a relationship have this thought that they're better than his partner i i had a girl hit me up and she was clearly flirting she was down or whatever right and she got to the point where she was like wait don't you have a girl and it was like a smirk about it like she felt like she was one up in her i'm like well yeah but it's an open relationship like i thought you knew that she did not know that and got offended she was offended that it wasn't me thinking she was better and that's why I'm willing to cheat yes. or whatever. <laughs> so now she feels like I was just trying to make her uh, a plaything on the side and I wasn't going to be considering her more than my partner. I was like, yo, that's, that's very strange.
0: It's also valid though. I guess what she's saying is like, I'm putting in this work cause I'm thinking of, I'm trying to audition for the number one spot, yeah, but, but like meanwhile, because that she wanted that number one spot. But why would you? Why
1: would you want that spot with a man who's being unfaithful to a woman who doesn't know that that's going on?
0: That's a great point. That
1: doesn't make sense. To me.
0: That is a great point. Uh
1: yeah, I thought it was going to make everything easier. Oh, better. But not. Like, yeah. yeah. Girls, girls would rather. Well, not all girls. <laughs> In your experience. Women that I dealt with personally (laughs) seem like they would rather have you cheating in a fucked up way than to have a straight uh, agreement (laughs) with your partner
0: about it. I think people really do struggle with that notion that looking out doesn't mean there's a problem within and if anything it's like speaking to the health and the love and the abundance within so yeah, yeah even when I have flirt buddies I almost feel like the need to bring up my partner just yeah. like you're very well clear like this is king this is my world yeah. and you provide something that's very valuable and I enjoy what we share and a lot of the ways what you provide things I like can't get my relationship which is new and exactly. different um, but never ever better
1: exactly yeah, but they wanted to feel better. And I'm like, nah, bro. <laughs> I would she wouldn't have this title of girlfriend if I thought other motherfuckers was better.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah.
1: Why why would I do that? So yeah. So yeah, they couldn't they didn't really uh they didn't vibe with that too well.
0: I think that's a part of it too, is that like sometimes even when you have the label, it does still require additional education because these things are still really new. Yeah. in to talk about our second of four ads on this episode, ZocDoc. Now, you know that feeling that you get when you find the thing on the internet, whatever it is that you've been scouring for, you read that you ease your way into swallowing. I mean, I'm in my mid thirties. I haven't had a boyfriend in about 10 years by choice because I've just been wanting to have some time to myself. However, I have been dating during this time and I know that when it comes to doing that act, it should not be with someone random for the obvious health reasons. But once you're there, what are some tips or tricks that can be provided to help make it a little bit more easier and more comfortable as a first timer? Allow me.
1: <laughs> spit that shit out, man. You don't have to swallow that. Ew. If you don't if you don't if you if it's hard, if it's difficult, spit it out.
0: She said, though, how do you ease your way in? You you shouldn't have to.
1: If you don't like it, that's okay. And he shouldn't make you feel bad for that. Spit it out. You, the fact that you even took it in the mouth is nice enough. <laughs> <laughs> you can spit that out, ma'am.
0: I think you might want to experiment with whether or not you like it and you want to see if it fits you or not.
1: I feel I feel like if it's been in her mouth... <laughs> she had a hard time swallowing it. That was her body telling her, hey, we don't like this. I, think, I don't know. I feel like
0: we interpret this question in different ways. Because I think that there genuinely are ways to ease your way into swallowing. If
1: if it's never been in her mouth, if that's where she's coming from, like how do I start taking it in the mouth? And then we, we have something we can talk about.
0: This actually brings up an interesting point, though, because this is how I advise women to bring up sexual health in conversations. Mm. Because it can be very awkward to be like, what is your sexual health status? Mm. When's the last time you got tested? Um, And what test did you get done? But instead, if you frame it like this, like, I've never swallowed before. And I really want to try it. I'm excited about it. And I want to see what it tastes like. I want to know what it feels like. But I'm also very aware that the only way I feel comfortable doing this and I'll be open to doing this is if we're on the same page when it comes to our sexual health. So for me, I got tested recently. Here's what I got tested for. Here are my results. So I know that my body, my bodily fluids are safe to consume. Where are you at? Yes, that's great. So then when you get that information and you know your partner is great, you're like, okay, great. Well, I've never done it before. I'm excited about it. I want to try it. I'm going to try to ease my way in. But are you open to playing with me in that way?
1: So that's how you interpreted the question. That's how I interpreted. Okay, so she mentioned um, health reasons in there. So that's why I interpreted it the other way. I feel like she already got that out of the way. She said, I know not to do that with just anybody because of obvious health reasons. But who I'm with now, I guess she wants to do it with. And she just, it's probably yucky. (laughs)
0: I'm not a big swallower per se. I mean, it's like a once in a while experience you know what I mean it's kind of like when you're eating watermelon with seeds sometimes you're too lazy to spit them out or you're not in the environment where spitting them out just makes sense like okay cool I'll just eat or sometimes like gum like that (laughs) I don't always want to swallow gum because I know it sticks to your intestines for seven years but there are some occasions where there's no other really greater alternative, so I'll swallow it.
1: Okay, so I, I see where we differ. now. I've never just said, oh, go ahead, swallow these watermelon seeds. Really? <laughs> I ain't got nowhere to spit them out. Yeah, no. What are you going to do? <laughs> spit them out. <laughs> How do you get your groove back as someone who is in their 20s? I had a great sex life, I think, before the pandemic, but... After the pandemic, it's just been really tough to get back to it. And now I feel like I've waited so long that whoever I do have sex with next is going, like, it's just going to mean a lot. So I would love some thoughts on how to get back out there because, like, I'm still in my 20s. I still want to have a good time, all of the above. But I think I just need,
0: like, some encouragement, some thoughts. Have you ever gone on a date before and been like, this person is so awkward. I don't ever want to talk to them again. Um, Let me ask a better question, actually. <laughs> what leads to you not wanting to call somebody back after a first date or a first at meetup encounter?
1: I don't know. I don't think I've. I don't think I've had that. I've definitely had some awkward encounters, but I'm pretty understanding of a lot of stuff. So it's like if. If there's still, if she's showing any type of effort to not be as awkward, then am like, okay, I'll just give you the pass first time or whatever, blah, 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 blah. So I'll still be cool. I think a girl would have to, like, visibly not like me for me to be like, okay, let me let me not hit her up again.
0: Which I will say that from a perspective of reading human emotions, disdain and anxiety can look very similar. Yeah. So, like, when you're closed off, if I'm afraid right now and I'm, like, closed off and I'm making eye contact, I'm fidgety, I have given you short responses, that's all signifiers that I'm uncomfortable. Mm. I might be very interested in you, but you might perceive that as me being disgusted with you.
1: Yeah, so that's why I said, like, if there's still an effort to let me know, like... I'm, I'm having a good time. I'm just... Or if she reaches out after, you know what I'm saying, then I'll respond. But during that, i definitely be a little like... Because I don't want to, you know what I'm saying, I don't want to make it any worse than what it probably already is.
0: Just yeah. give me an aha because I recently did something with Spotify and... Mm. I was paired with a rapper Mm. and I didn't know him, but like you have certain tropes in your mind when you're like with a rapper, like what they think and what they might think of you. And so he was like really quiet not trying to ask any questions. And I was like, okay, this guy is way too cool for me. Mm. He's doesn't really want to be here, whatever, like (laughs) I assigned to it. So I was like, whatever. And then he just said to me like, this is really cool that I'm doing this. I actually like always shy away and stay, say no to things like this because I can get very anxious around new people. Mm. So thank you for making it comfortable for me and like, I'm excited to be here. And then I was like, oh! So like sometimes even just saying that can be very endearing. Um, Just like, and then that person knows how to interpret your anxiousness or your anxious movements in a very different way.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: And then I will say too, I think for getting, this is my like number one dating rule Rick and I'm curious to know what you think about this. (laughs) So I'm like, if you want one to enjoy dates and two people to enjoy dating. Du- enjoy dating you. All you have to do is ask questions. Okay. Do you feel like one of the biggest faux pas that women make on dates is they don't ask enough questions? Because I know Possibly. that's men's for sure. Women will always complain that dudes do not ask enough questions. That makes sense. Popping in for our third of four ads during this episode. And as I told y'all, I'm new. My question is just how to get out of my own head in a sexual encounter. Um, I'm very good at giving other people what they need across body types, genders, everything. I'm very good at making other people have a good time. But... When it comes to me getting mine,
1: it's not even possible because I'm too much overthinking
0: what's happening and not enough in my body. So my question is just how to get into my body and out of my head during sex.
1: She sounds a lot like somebody I know. Tonal, not the question. (laughs) Do we know her name? Mm Mm-mm. Damn. I'm gonna ask her later because she's a fan of you. So <laughs> like, huh? you, you ask a question. You, you don't know how to fuck right. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Ah, uh, shit. That's a that's a tough one right there.
0: I actually think this might be an interesting one for you in particular. Based on what I know about you,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it takes you. It's not easy for you to come. Has that no. changed?
1: I mean, by myself, it's fucking easy as hell. But yeah.
0: You don't come from oral or from penetration often or regularly?
1: Um I don't wanna I can. Not from, not from head usually, but from penetration, yeah. I can. I, I figured it out.
0: The reason why I wanted to bring that up, not to put yourself so, put you out there, which mm. Sorry if I did. No,
1: it's cool. I just almost put other people out there, so oh. I didn't. Yeah.
0: Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. That was the case. That's why we have to have the communication, because yeah. I thought I made you uncomfortable, but yeah, you were trying that. to protect somebody else from yeah. feeling
1: uncomfortable. Yeah.
0: Um, because I think why a lot of women get into this thing of like, I get into my head is because in their body, things aren't moving very quickly. So mm-hmm. if it takes them a long time to come, or it takes a long time to find their groove. Maybe they were the partner who's not quite doing it the way that they would do it to themselves then they can get really like heady about it. Because I do think that when you are overcome by pleasure, you don't necessarily have the space to even think about it. If anything, it's kind of the opposite problem where men have to start fantasizing comedians eating KFC (laughs) on the toilet while taking a shit in order to stop themselves because their body is feeling so good. So I'm curious, when you're getting stimulation or when you're in a sexual encounter with somebody Mm -hmm. and you know it's not leading to orgasm Mm -hmm. or maybe it's gonna take a long time, what do you do mentally?
1: Well, that's the thing, right? I don't have that problem necessarily. It feels good the whole time. So I'm not like, oh, this ain't going to work for me. So I'm just enjoying it. You know what I'm saying? The only thoughts that are happening are, is she? I know where I'm going to go at the end of this. Is she? So I'm kind of trying to pay attention to her and hoping she'll be vocal about something if it's not if it's not going right for her um yeah but for me it that's never really been an issue where I'm like this is going nowhere how do I get out of this
0: well not even how to get out of it but exactly that I think just allowing yourself to enjoy it without having a stopwatch in your head or feeling guilty for just being pleasured yeah I think that that's a difficult thing for a lot of women to overcome
1: It probably but it shouldn't be like yeah nah they, they they gotta get out of their heads with that like because men and this is coming from somebody who like you said it's not easy it's still easy like men are pretty pretty easy even if you can't achieve it we can make it happen immediately after, <laughs> like so. It doesn't. It doesn't really matter.
0: Do you mean like you just go self pleasure?
1: Yeah. Like, how graphic do we can we get on Let's here? Do it. Okay, cool. Most of the time, if you're not wearing a condom, you gonna um, pull out, jack off, and nut. You do that. You, the jagging off is just a little bit longer. <laughs> it's the
0: exact same shit.
1: So it doesn't really matter as long as. She's not doing. Even if you
0: are wearing a condom, you could still pull out jack off with the condom, and that uh,
1: you could. Yes, man, but what's the? We point don't have of to advocate
0: for, <laughs> for unsafe sex right now. <laughs> uh, sure, we do. Listen, not yeah
1: <laughs> Y'all be using <used>? their mind. <laughs>
0: Well, you could. I mean, even okay. Just say how okay, about this. Yeah. You're, we, having you're having sex with a condom.
1: Sex however you choose. And then you to pull out. Sex.
0: You take off the condom, and then you jack off, and then you come on your own leg because exchanging bodily fluids is not safe unless it's a long term partner. Okay, sure. That. <laughs> so then, to the how would that work in reverse?
1: Um, what do you mean?
0: Like, how would that work for a person with a vulva? N-
1: now that I don't know because. From what I hear, if y'all have to do stuff after we're done, y'all get pretty upset about it. So I don't really know. Like we don't, I don't get upset about having to finish myself, but I hear ladies do. So
0: I, I actually know. think that there's a tip in there. It took me a while to find it, but I do think that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you help, discovered help. something. <laughs> help, Shannon, <Jenna>, help. <laughs> I think that if a lot of People with vulvas knew that at the end of it, there was a pathway to success, that their partner was cool, that they're cool with. Then you can just allow yourself to be free flowing in the moment, not overly concerned that your partner's getting tired or that they're not being pleased, that you're taking too long. I mean, we don't specifically know what maybe your friend, you know, is getting in her head about. She's not really describing like what. Thoughts are happening. You know, are the thoughts, this is painful? That's a different conversation. Are the thoughts, I feel insecure? Different conversation. Or are the thoughts, I'm not able to really focus on the pleasure because my mind is trying to get to the predictable future. And if the future doesn't look like it's going to end in the outcome my partner wants, then I get really nervous and anxious, which pushes me further away from the goal altogether. So I'm interpreting it as that one because that's the most common.
1: You just gave me an aha.
0: Okay, take (laughs) the aha.
1: So... Even though I'm not bothered by finishing myself, I forget that girls are bothered by me finishing (laughs) myself. They feel like they failed. So maybe it's that. And that explains why girls are upset if they have to finish themselves. They feel like you failed if you didn't make them finish. So the inverse of that, if they didn't make you finish, they failed. So maybe that's what's in her head all the time. Yeah. Okay.
0: Do you have the conversation with people before that's like kind of the internal piece that you have with it where it's like, I'm enjoying this. I love it. It's yeah. sexy as hell. It's cool. Probably won't make me orgasm, but I'm going to enjoy every moment. Yeah. And when I'm ready to orgasm, it's easier if I just figured out myself.
1: I used to have that conversation. Um, I don't as much because it always kind of goes the same way. Girls either think you're lying or they take it as a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's just like, yeah, do what you do, man. <laughs> do what you <laughs> do. I'm gonna, I'm going to try to achieve this for you so you don't have to feel away. But if not, then I'll just do the consoling afterwards." No, it was great. Trust me, that I just take terrible. a long time. I don't, I, what else can I do? They don't believe me when I tell them beforehand yeah. or they take it as a challenge. And now you're setting yourself up for possible failure because you made this a challenge. What can I do?
0: Well, I think even if you just said that, that's like, look, in the past, I've had partners who make it a challenge or make it personal. <laughs> it's none of those things. It makes the sex better if we're just allowed to enjoy each other, however we do. And I love it. There's so much I get out of it. But I just know my body in a particular way. This is usually what I need to finish.
1: I would love to show you some DMs right now. But I can't put people out there like that. But I'll just say, I recently had that part of the conversation because it was a lot of pushing. Well, how do you look like it? What makes you this? And, that? and I'm just kind of like, hey, just do what you do. I'll tell you if you're doing something that I don't like. But just do what you do. And then she just couldn't take that for an answer. She wanted the specifics. In there. And I'm like, I can't tell you. If you can't do it, you can't do it. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. So well, it's I like guess they don't it's listen. So
0: too, it's a live tutorial. Because when you're jacking off, I can watch what you do and be yeah. like, cool. It might take me 20 times because you've mastered this over 30 years of practice. So Man. it's allowed to take you a long time to figure out what the exact motion is. But you get to watch that person. I love uh, Love seeing dudes masturbate. It's like probably up in my top three things. Like I just I find it very very erotic. So do I think you, if you do, you can, make
1: that silly face.
0: Probably which one? Oh, what silly face? I can't,
1: I can't do it, but a lot of girls like that. And if you let them watch and they look at them, they're making this face, man. It just it cracks me the fuck up. It takes me all the way out of it. So I got to look I gotta away see the and Start face. over. I can't. It's kind of like the <laughs> It's like it's a it's in between. I like this, and this is funny. Like that's the face girls have. I think not, I, not might, that I might
0: have this face. I think I might be like
1: that. Would make me laugh. That would that would throw me off because it's like you knew what you were here for. Why do you look shocked? <laughs>
0: Like I don't get it. Like wow, that's that's just corny. (laughs) I think. Listen, Rick. I think Jared. What do I do? (laughs) Convince them that I'm cool. (laughs) That's so
1: funny. But yeah, no. Lots
0: lots of girls like to
1: watch that. It's pretty cool.
0: I think that if you kind of communicate that and you just brought that along, I think it's always nice to hear things up front. You know what I will say too. I'm a big advocate for conversations about sex that are not before you're about to have sex or after you're going to have sex, which is not always, you know, sometimes talking about it leads to sex naturally, but the most productive conversations around sexual preferences and boundaries and desires and needs have come when it's just like we're talking about aliens. Yeah. Um, So then that way there's not like an immediate need to perform. Yeah. And then there's not the feeling of guilt of, are you bringing this up? Because I did something wrong.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Those have those have uh,
0: had success. I will afterwards. say in this case, we probably definitely did not answer your friend's question. but
1: um, What was her question?
0: Well, it was like how to get out oh, of your head. Oh, how to get
1: out of your head. Uh, and then
0: we made a bunch of assumptions. Yeah.
1: So, <laughs> I mean, just don't be in it. I don't, I don't
0: know. <laughs> you know what I was going to say as a tip that I know probably wouldn't actually be a good tip, but mm-hmm. I think it might be a good tip because I spend a lot of time in the familiar past or predictable future. So when my brain is just left to itself, I'm dwelling on something that happened or I'm trying to, like, plan ahead. And I'm, so I'm trying to be more present. And I found the way to do that is listening to podcasts. <laughs> so maybe yeah. a way to, like, <laughs> ground on. yourself in a moment is to quiet your mind from wandering by giving it something to focus on. Yeah. So listen to audio erotica or yeah. just be very intentional about listening to your partner.
1: She should speak. She sounds sexy.
0: She does. Yeah. yeah.
1: So that talking to your partner, if you sound like that all the time, it's more than likely going to help them. <laughs> and it's going to get you out of your head because you're too busy saying whatever you're saying. That might work for you.
0: You know what? I talk to myself a lot during masturbation, which is actually like giving vocally? me an aha. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, I think I might say it out loud. I do talk that's a lot. It's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, but I find that when I'm in partnered play, The things that I want to say might take the other person out. So I try to say them (laughs) mentally, but it didn't have the same effect. Because saying it out loud is what makes it really, like, like I like to call my um, cooch filthy. That's Mm. funny. (laughs) See, I don't want that. I don't want that. (laughs) I like to, like. let Let me think in my head.
1: I like to call it dirty.
0: Like, so I, like, are you dirty? You like this? Is this filthy? Th- I like that kind of language. Or I like very aggressive language. And so I think that if I started to say that aloud with my partner, it would take them out. But I do know that <laughs> would allow me to ground myself more in the present and to be less yeah. inclined to wander.
1: I don't think it would take them out completely. It's definitely jarring. <laughs> like, we probably all use dirty, nasty, filthy but never about the specific part. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you are dirty and <laughs> nasty. <laughs> not your cooch. <laughs> so, fuck. That would, I would definitely raise my eyebrow <laughs> doing that. Probably have to Don't, make not
0: Are you new to podcasting? Be quiet right now.
1: You didn't stop me. I thought you had <laughs> some special
0: mics. <laughs> <laughs> we made it. This is our fourth and... I wish you guys could see this guy's looking at me like, are you about to pounce or? Go, okay. I don't want to stay. go away, but you're making me I don't have any food. Hey buddy, you're making me a little uncomfortable. You're making me a little uncomfortable. You're in my, you're in my space. What if I came to your house and did, hey, hey stop looking at me like that. Look at that square. <laughs> Look how close Ryu is, this guy is not phased. Okay, Ry, this guy looks like he's ready to do something. Okay, go. <laughs> right? <laughs>
1: Why you do it outside?
0: <laughs> Resume.
1: I forgot what I was saying. You cut me off at the worst point.
0: I watched this video of this dude jacking off, mm. and he was just calling... I think was he's like, he was calling it slutty. Like this slutty dick. <laughs> I loved it. So. <laughs>
1: That's hilarious.
0: And I think that, yeah, but yeah, having something that your mind is actually engaged with, whether yeah. it is listening to somebody talk or actually talking, I think is what grounds you in the present. So.
1: You want some funny shit? It's kind of funny. You know how girls request jack off videos and it's like a thing online and say like they want nut videos with the sound on. Right. So I had a girl request that. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it, I'm going to do it. So I sent her this video. And this is a dope looking fucking video. And she replies, really? (laughs) With a a straight mouth face. I'm like, is my dick terrible? What's wrong with my dick? I was like, what? I said, sound. I was like, the sound is on. What I didn't realize is she was expecting me to make a sound. <laughs> I was quiet to the bitch. <laughs> you hear nothing. <laughs> I just, I, you get the atmosphere of the room. <laughs> I, think I had rain sounds on the T V or some shit. But I'm completely quiet. I'm like, oh, that's what y'all mean. Oh, yeah, no, I don't I don't make noises. I'm sorry. Yeah. I found that funny.
0: Do you make noise during partner play? Uh yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah, but I don't make noise by myself.
0: Oh. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, no, nah, I don't. I, I do. Myself. Yeah. And that's cool.
0: I that's opposite, I guess. Yeah. I make more sounds by myself yeah. than I probably would with a partner. That's funny.
1: I just I learn girls like to hear certain shit, so I kind of started forcing myself to be a little talkative.
0: Oh, during, tell me what do yeah. you what do you do? If I have to force
1: myself to do it, then there's no way I'm gonna be able to do it now <laughs> for the plane.
0: <laughs> Is there an explanation behind? my libido changing drastically. And by that I mean, sometimes I can want to have sex like five, six times a day. And other times I'm good for six months. And I'm in a committed partnership. And um, I'm just wondering, like, what can... What's the explanation behind that? I Actually, my episode coming out when we're recording this this week for Lovers and Friends is from a man who had really low sex drive in his relationship for Mm -hmm. a period of time and it became such an issue that they ended up breaking up. Yeah. And he's since kind of figured out and recovered from it. A lot of it was like pandemic related um, but kind of leaving space for men to also feel like, yeah, I go through periods of time where sex is not a desire for me.
1: Definitely. Definitely. And... All the same reasons that women go through that, like if you don't feel good about yourself, you don't want to give yourself to someone else. Like right? when it comes to sex, if you really like care about your partner or partners, you want to give them the goods. <laughs> it's not just about getting something. So when you don't feel like you are the goods you're not really horny man so that shit happens um
0: what if your partner is like but I see you as good and I want to give you that feeling and I want the, to
1: it's the same thing like I I need to feel it I appreciate you for feeling that way but I need to feel it for this to work right you know what i'm saying as a man though when you're going through that you you kind of tend to just do it anyway, because you feel like you're supposed to. Because, yeah, you definitely feel like you're doing something wrong as a man when you're not having sex with your partner. So you kind of force yourself to do it as long as you can. And then it's just like, <laughs> it don't work no more, dog. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah,
0: so but Actually, interesting in the episode, the guy was saying that that he would do that. He's like, I would force myself sometimes, but it would actually just lead to an argument afterwards mm-hmm. because I didn't finish or I couldn't keep it up the whole time or they could tell I wasn't really connected.
1: Yeah. Because yeah. they start thinking, no matter how much you tell them, you can tell them, like, I just don't feel good about me right now. or I'm not in a good place. they always going to think it's about them. It's about you not being attracted to them, something they did wrong. And it's really hard to get people to understand that this is about me. Yeah.
0: I think to answer that question, which I think is that's Yancey answering that. I think I recognize that voice. I think it's a Montreal, French-Canadian <laughs> French Canadian accent. Um, I think that you gave the perfect response. It is you have to feel good for yourself, but then if the word frustrating is attached to it, because that's a really important component. Like even when you talk about diagnosing somebody as having a sexual desire disorder, whether that's man or woman or non-binary, you have to put the word frustrating in front because it's normal to go through periods of time where you just don't have an interest, right? But if you're frustrated by it, you have to go on a hunt to find what the answers are. Is it because of your hormones being out of whack? Is it because of a larger health complication? Is it because there is a mental problem? Are you experiencing pain during sex? Do you not feel good about your body for a particular reason that you can do something about differently? Is there a job situation that you're trying to get through? Like, I think when you start to identify what is the next great step for you, you can include your partner in that mission. Yeah. So it's like, I got to figure this piece out. Like right now I'm going through a period of time where I don't feel like having sex. One, that's okay to go through if Mm -hmm. it doesn't frustrate you. It's totally normal to be like, I'm not in the mood. And I go through that all the time with like working out period of time where I'm like I just do not feel like doing it I might go three weeks off and then all of a sudden I feel the energy again and I honor those but if I'm frustrated I'm like I want to be working out or I want to be doing this but I'm not I got to ask myself like what is the reason and then I can approach that and that's where your partner can help you yeah you know if it's a work problem then now you guys can focus on that together to create a pathway for sex to be possible but other than that I do agree with you it's a you thing yeah So figure it out your goddamn self and have fucking fun doing it. My question for Shan and guests is around that research article that was done about squirting um, where they injected that blue liquid and found that squirt is mostly pee. Um, I just want to know if that adds to or takes away from the taboo of squirting during sex and if it still makes it enjoyable for partners that please people that squirt um so yeah i'd love your opinion on this <laughs> <laughs> don't pee
1: on me please that's that's my only opinion Nah. um well i don't really get what she's asking well more does it or add or less. to the taboo knowing that it's pee
0: okay have you had have you had a woman squirt before
1: uh, yes not on me though it was more like a let me see. And I kind (laughs) of stayed away. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's
0: pee. That's what you thought? (laughs) Yeah. Smells like pee.
1: It it looks cool. Um, When you're doing it and they start running away because they're going to squirt, it's a cool feeling for the ego. I imagine if they just let it happen, that would also feel cool for the ego. But that wet spot, man. Because <laughs> a regular wet spot is too much for me. <laughs> so I can't imagine. The, the regular
0: wet spots like this. Yeah. Yeah. Then the the squirting wet spot can yeah. be like that. Yeah.
1: And, and they always be on my side of the bed. Nah, I'm,
0: <laughs> nah I can't. Yeah. Look, I'm not going to get technical into this because I've definitely spoken with experts and doctors who will assert that it is not pee. And you are here to say... Absolutely not. Squirting is not pee, 100%. And the G-spot is not a myth. It's actually, even if they cannot find it consistently, because sometimes they do, sometimes they don't, on pathology, looking through slides, as a woman who has experienced the feeling and knows exactly where it is on herself, I can say for sure it's and real. And for a living, locates in other people. Correct. You know where mine is. But I've absolutely what read articles you know, know. that are very... Well, mm-hmm. I don't think it does all the time. I think I've had times I always sniff the spot afterwards. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it does not smell the same as pee. And I smell a lot of pee in my in my line of work <laughs> as a mother. <laughs> you know what I mean? I smell pee. I smell my own pee. I know what's going on. And I don't think it smells like pee. And I've had times before where it stains the couch white. So like the same way that my discharge would. So I'm like, okay, like I think it's probably a mixture of... T- fluids that come from your erectile tissue is probably a mixture of fluids that come from your skein's gland. Mm-hmm. But if you haven't peed before sex and it's coming out of the urethra, naturally there's going to be some pee in there. The percentage, I'm you know, I'm not sure, I it's based in this particular study mm-hmm. that women studied, it was majority pee. But in either case, I don't know if it leads to pleasure. It's a pleasurable release. When I do squirt, it's a very different feeling. So, I hope that my partner is aware of the anatomy of like it's coming out of this hole so likely it has that, but it doesn't mean it's all of that. And it represents something very different than me peeing on you. Yeah, it's like a very a, different context of a golden shower versus uh an ejaculation that yeah, comes absolutely. from stimulation of your genitals.
1: Yeah. Um so like the 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 smell, the pee smell is the Bad part. Well the second bad part. <laughs> if it's not smelling like pee, then there's only one bad part. The wet spot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if it smells like pee, it's not, oh my God, you peed on me. It's shit, I smell like pee now. <laughs> Especially if it was like a quickie type situation where your pants are around your ankles and it gets on your pants and now your pants smell like pee because you gotta you you have those pants. So that's annoying. But um yeah, if it if it don't smell like pee and there's a towel down or something like that.
0: Is what it is. I think it's like probably a good conversation to have with your partners, which is like I know that talking about every minutia aspect and detail of sex can sometimes desexify it, mm. but there is a question to be asked because some people feel pressured to try to squirt to make their partner happy, yeah. and that partner might be really put off by the idea knowing that there is a lot of pee in there. And so you could be aligned and like, look, like my bodily, because when I squirt, there is like, you have to participate. You have to like use certain muscles and you have to like engage your pelvic floor in a particular way. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if I've ever been overcome to the point where I have no control. Like I'm participating in like, we're doing this, you're stimulating a certain spot and then I'm putting pressure in other spots to like make this a possibility. So I don't have to participate if you really don't want it. Some people can't help squirting them. That's a different conversation of like, this is what happens, which that actually might be a sign of either having a really strong pelvic floor or no, a very we weak were. pelvic floor. Yeah. It's talking to a pelvic floor doctor, which the vagina rehab doctor, someone I follow on Instagram, could be cool to look out to for that. That could be a conversation. But yeah, ask your partner, like, is this a turn on? This is a turn off. Would you like this? If my body, if I get to a place where I'm getting that I have to pee sensation, yeah. would you want me to pull away 'Cause it's not ideal or do you want me to lean into it?
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's a tough one for me specifically. Cause I gotta keep that damn wet spot, man. <laughs> but I don't wanna be like, okay, wait, let me get a slip cover. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's not fun. But I also like it's been times where it's like, Okay, I'm I'm just gonna fucking let it happen. <laughs> And then it's about to happen. I'm like, oh my god, no. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I don't know. In theory, it's cool. Um, I like the way it looks.
0: Well, how do you have control over that?
1: When they start, it's it's a thing. It's a thing. And you know if you keep going, it's gonna happen. So you stop. Because they're kinda dependent on you. Well not they're this particular girl that I was dealing with, I should say. That's how she got down. I didn't know that's what was going on at first. I thought it was just, like, hurting her, so I would always stop. But then she kind of told me, oh, do this. This is the one that I watched do it, and then I realized or I felt like it was peeing. So I know she squirts, and she told me that's what she's doing when she's trying to run away from it is not squirting. So instead of keep pressing, <laughs> I would just stop when she starts to run.
0: And that because internally you didn't want.
1: Yeah. So, like, I go into it like, okay, if she starts that shit, then I'm just going to tell her, let it it happen. (laughs) But then she starts it. I'm like, nah, I can't do it. I can't do it. So I just stop.
0: But if there was a towel down, but you felt like that took away from the sexy.
1: If a towel wouldn't stop it. It's gonna go through the towel. What do you It need? would have to what be like a need, pee Rick? pad, <laughs> like the dogs have. And that's not sexy. It's not sexy to go to Rite Aid <laughs> and buy a pack of pee pads <laughs> and lay them over <laughs> the bed in anticipation. But I know <laughs> that I'm not gonna be okay
0: with the It <laughs> There's actually a towel that I promoted years ago that was a period pad. So you could have sex on it, on your period. And it was nice material. It was like sensual. It, the way that it was layered, it was like period underwear yeah. where it could absorb like multiple layers. And then it, like, like a diaper, it, it translates the liquid into like a different compound yeah. so that it doesn't seep through. Interesting. However, this blanket was $400. God damn. So I don't know if there's an alternative, but I mean, there, there are things out there. <laughs> that's not sexy (laughs) so hold on hold on man hold on (laughs) Rick I had a lovely time likewise this is fun it was I had fun talking about sex with you and if people want to hear more from you where can they go
1: Um, follow No Chaser Gang on Instagram so you can stay up with the podcast and uh, yeah that's pretty much it
0: maybe you'll come back
1: possibly it's far Okay. This is fun. That's why I put
0: the maybe in front of it. I know you're my strict <laughs> friend. I'm going back to the start. You I'm are right. a very particular friend. Particular. Yeah. You're a very particular friend. Okay, and yeah. I know that about you and I love you anyways.
1: Man. Wow. Anyways. Not anyways. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Lovers and friends.
0: Lovers and friends. I'm going to take you on a trip, baby. I don't pretend. I said. Lovers and friends. Uh, I'm going to hold you down, down to the end. I said. Lovers and Friends is executive produced by Shared Entertainment's Shan Boudram. It is produced by Boudram and Krizia Cruz with production support from 2S Entertainment's Adam Krasner and Brianna Barone. The Lovers and Friends theme song is produced by Sean Ross and performed by Jared Brady, who also does the scoring and engineering on our episodes. Lovers and Friends is powered by Audio Boom and made possible by our incredible sponsors, who you can show love to by reading our show notes.